Vulnerable Podcast is back for its fourth season and this time we'll be talking about purpose. In the last season, I asked people to identify the gifts that they received from their life experiences and what became really obvious is that people often use their gifts to create careers driven by their purpose. And so this season, we got deeper. I'll be interviewing guests that talk about the nuanced experiences that connect vulnerability and purpose. So don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you love this podcast and use the hashtag VulnerablePodcast on social media. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Vulnerable Podcast. I am so excited today. We have Yasmin Elizabeth um, from Pick Me Up Inc., who is going to be sharing a little bit about her journey to purpose and um, her experiences with vulnerability. So, hey, Yasmin. Hi. How are you doing today? How are you feeling? Yeah, no, I'm good. Um, I think these are uncertain times for everybody. Um, but considering I am good and I've utilised the time not even put pressure on myself, like I've got to come out with five businesses and five new new things I can do um Mm -hmm. it's actually been a really lovely time to be able to look at Cameron and see how he operates within a work setting so I think um as a parent homework is different to doing the work all day Mm -hmm. so actually working out some more strengths and weaknesses that he has it's been quite nice um Mm -hmm. but I am tired I need a break (laughs) Mm -hmm. but other than that it's good um I'm okay and um yeah i'm just flowing where it's just a unique time yeah everybody it's a i I totally see that you're absolutely right it is a unique time i i do see it as an opportunity um for so many things not for like one particular thing but for so many things deeper inquiry if you're a person that's into personal development or an opportunity to pivot your business and make hella money online it's an opportunity in so many ways um and I think it's it's key like you said and it's just like be present and taking the moment and be like okay so what is this moment teaching me like how can I be of better service to my son in his education or how can I there's so many different lessons that can come out of it um yeah but to just move on to the first question Tell us about your journey to purpose and what life experiences have led you to where you are now. Um, So I had a very kind of turbulent upbringing childhood um, without going too deep in. um, I was exposed to a lot of violence. Uh, There was a lot of domestic violence going on, um, a lot of trauma. And um, that led to seeing myself and my mum homeless for a period of time. I think my mum was homeless for a year and a half. I was with her for some of that time. Um, sofa surfing from people's houses. And um, so that was my last year of primary school. So year six. So mm. age 10 going on to 11. Um, and then more violence led up to a point where I ran away from a home and went and lived with my dad. I ran away to my dad's house and at the age of 11, my dad had custody of me. And I remember it being my sats and the day of my sats was the day that my mum and dad went to court Mm, to finalise that he had custody of me. Mm -hmm. And um, around that time as well, I had started to Mm. self-harm at the young age of 10. And... um, yeah so and then leading on from then it was just a bit of like a roller coaster of 
living with my dad, who was a, a, a single black man. Um, and then my mum kind of reintroducing my mum into my life, um, mm. seeing her more frequently. And then over the years, just um, kind of just getting on with that. I never, you wouldn't, I don't look or sound like what I've been through. Yeah, so I think it's the best way to put that. And then, you know, just normal teenage stuff, you know, navigating through school, secondary school, what do I want to do? What do I not want to do? Um, and then as I got older, I would say my childhood caught up with me in around okay. 2015. And, and how old were you then in, in 2015? Um... I'm 24. Oh my god, my maths is so bad. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm 28 now. So, like, when because that's such an interesting thing to say, though, because I I do that's something that a lot of people can um resonate with that you just you keep it moving. Like, we 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 tend to end up in survival mode and just keep it moving, keep it moving. Like, with especially for myself going through a lot of stuff, I got to a point when I was like, I'm not going through that anymore. It's happened, it's done, I'm living my life, and then all of a sudden things happen and they remind you that you need to deal with the things that happened before um so is that the type of thing yeah Yeah, so I actually went and studied introduction to counseling skills and I believe that amongst other things was the undoing of a lot of childhood stuff that has to be unpacked Mm. um and what was the catalyst for that I'm sorry, I'm going to probably keep, you're saying so many, like, what was it, I, I did, I did the same course, but what made you sign up to do that course? So I'd started Pick Me Up Inc. Mm-hmm. And um, Pick Me Up Inc., for those that don't know, is just a online platform um, that started out as quotes on Instagram, and it does what it says on the tin, it's there to pick you up, um, and I write all the quotes, and um I'd started to pick me up and then loads of people were just drawn to me and I got asked to do workshops in schools, work with young people and I felt like I naturally had a heart for this stuff to to help people Um, and I've always had, despite things happening, quite a optimistic way of looking at life you could say um and I've always had like a really grateful heart considering I've been through so much mm-hmm. and I had just a natural desire to actually help people but people mm-hmm. were coming to me with heavy stuff and I felt like you know what I think it would be really uh not wise practice at all to to uh be into in this kind of space and people coming to me with really heavy things that I'm not equipped to deal with and I didn't want to cause them any more damage so I thought let me go and do this introduction to counseling skills so I can understand a bit more like just just to better my skills really how to um, self boundaries and also how to support people and, and support them to get the support that they need essentially yes that yeah. was pretty much it but then within the course obviously you've done the course you realize mm-hmm. the course is more about you yeah. <laughs> but at, and it, it's literally foundation level stuff where um, one of the questions was, what was your earliest childhood memory? Mm. And people were saying really innocent things like their handwriting or they had had a school play and I couldn't see past trauma, but I'd never been asked this question before. 
Mm. And I actually walked out of the classroom, went to the toilet and cried. I think it was the first time I'd really kind of felt the weight of the things that I'd been through. And everything told me to leave the building, go home, leave uni right now, just go home. And I Mm. thought, no. I walked back into the classroom and at the end, I actually shared why I had ejected myself from the room. And just to encourage people that you might get things in here that um, bring things up, but if you can stay, because I was so happy that I did stay and I spoke it out with my partner in who I was partnered with in, in the class. And um, even just admitting out loud, that I can't see past the trauma. It was like, it was almost just like a realization Oh, I've never, no one's asked me that. What's your earliest childhood memory? And I'd never had any therapy um, throughout my childhood life. I've never been offered any of that. Um, So yeah, I think um, that was that. And then I actually had um, uh, a relapse with my self-harm. So um, later on, later on, yeah, within that period. um, So... I, um, yeah, sorry, I'm digressing, but yeah, go, go, go. <laughs> no, you're telling, you're, you're, you're answering the question. You were, I basically um, just was like, what made you go into do the course? And then you were about yeah. to talk about um, just like that 24 year old time in your life and what was happening. And you're saying that you were, um, that you had a relapse with self-harming around that time. Yeah. So that was, I think that was the trigger to that. So okay. I'd done the course to assist me in helping others mm. and that I was better equipped because I didn't actually sit here and think, oh, I'm going to start a brand picking people up. That's just not how the story began. I, yeah. I was posting things online that I, I needed to read and right. um, stuff that I needed to hear. And then in that process, people started to get picked up. And then it was actually all supposed to be in a book. I was just like, I'm going to write a quote book. Mm. And then that's where Pick Me Up came from and then was born the brand. And mm. I've laughed about this on many interviews when I'm like, there still is no book. I have not written the quote. <laughs> I haven't finished it. Yeah. Because it, the brand started to build and I started to get asked to do this workshop and that workshop. And um, so, yeah, again, I, I started Pick Me Up because it was what I needed to hear. And then, like I said, I kind of got thrown into this space of helping others and I just wanted to make sure that I was equipped to do that. And just to make sure that I'm even aware of referrals. So if somebody does come to me, I, I, you know, we, we have to have the, the wisdom to be able to say, look, I want to help you, but I physically can't. But I know that actually you sound Someone like you could do this or just to direct you in the right place. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's especially so- on social media. Well, sorry. So especially on social media where... I'm not a qualified therapist. Mm-hmm. I'm a flawed human being like everybody else. And I never want it to be that someone DMs me and I don't see it or I don't have it because I don't have the answers. I'm just a human being sharing yeah. my truth and my experience. Yeah. Um, and that was why I went on the course just to, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's so fascinating to me and um, a bit of a divine intervention that a platform that you started kind of garnered so much attention that you took yourself to do a course so you could help more people and then ended up helping yourself do you know what I mean because I suppose it also it always starts with full circle and um Mm -hmm. I'm a believer of however you need to get there you will get there (laughs) and if that was yeah that was the kind of catalyst to kind of make yourself ask yourself that question like about your childhood 
then that was the process yeah. that needed to, to happen. Um, what would you say, if you don't mind asking, like, was your like lowest or breaking point um, in your journey? Because you've, you've, you've spoken a little bit about the self-harm and stuff like that, but what was the point that was like, this is, I can't, I cannot do this anymore? I think when I had that relapse in 2015 mm-hmm. and what I would call a breaking down, I felt like the Yasmin that I had grown to become accustomed to, I didn't know who she was, but I knew she wasn't aligned with who I felt like I, it just, I wasn't meeting myself in the middle at all. Mm. And I felt attached to myself and my realities around me within the environment I did counseling was more for middle-class white people Mm. not for Mm. us and very much the connotation of what happens in this house stays in this house and don't check the business Um, just to pause you there that is such a such a I hate that about um I'm going to say Caribbean culture because I don't know what other people are doing. But for me, that kind of like what happens in this house stays in this house. You don't check your business outside. That rhetoric breeds shame and guilt and secrecy and yeah. doesn't empower people to use their voice. And it's like, it, it, I feel like it's something that has literally held generations down, like in the most trauma because people are f- afraid to say things that are not even, I don't know, things that they could say that could help them essentially. So I get that because it's, it's a whole, it's a, it's a real cultural thing. And I suppose yeah. I think it's also key to note that that kind of idea comes from um, the shame, obviously about having other people know your business, but also knowing that like um, being black in this country and having certain things told outside might mean that the law might come down. So say, for example, if it was a domestic violence situation, mm-hmm. which is something that should be spoken about, it's kind of like, the black people have never had a great relationship with the police so it's kind of like you need to kind of make sure that even in a situation that is as detrimental as as domestic violence that like being arrested and being black is is a whole different thing so it's kind of like you're just that whole idea is like you're carrying so much like as a child hearing that because you've just got the weight of things that don't belong to you do you know what I mean yeah Um, yeah but yeah that's just something that's really something that I really hate a lot and the more I think that is an adult the more it irritates me yeah yeah no I I hear you Mm -hmm. um but yeah so that was that was when I was at my lowest point um and it birthed my journey because I was aware that something needed to change and I Mm -hmm. didn't know how I was going to do it but I knew that I had to, to to just do it I didn't know, and I believe that was the awareness began first and then my self-love, self-care journey started. Um, but that was my lowest point and I felt so disattached um, to reality and um, really quite numb. I've spoken about this before on, a, on an interview and I said I just felt very numb to everything mm. and it wasn't my usual happy-go-lucky self as people would know me as um so yeah I think that was when it was 2015 that was definitely my lowest point and I've had 
times when I've had uh, really bad times, actually in December just gone, I probably had the worst three months I've had in a very long time. However, uh, the process is different. I just, that for me, 2015 was definitely the lowest that I've ever been. And what was yeah. the rebirth like? Was that, because I think that it's so easy to romanticise that the self-care, self-love journey is like this awakening and it's beautiful and there's unicorns and like glitter and you just like, do you know Listen, what I mean? awakening, you want to, if you want to, you get on that and you're on a wake, you want to go back to sleep. You're like, can I not go back to being ignorant to the truth? Yeah, like, <laughs> literally. literally. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like, how did that, how did you, how was that segue for you like from numbness to I'm going to make an effort to care for myself my mental well-being my body my my like how did you how hard or easy was that what was that process like um I mean I'm still on that process now I I think it's infinite I don't think it ever ends I think as you um, continue to grow as a person you meet new parts of yourself Mm. um but I definitely believe there's a foundation that you can build and that is that becomes solid for you to build your life on that you feel more able and equipped to deal with when things happen mm-hmm. um, and it hasn't been easy so we're talking 2015 we're in 2020 now mm. and I would say over this last year I'm I would say I'm now going into a, a maintenance phase okay and what I mean by that is that I've done the foundational work and um, got to a point where I've made real peace with um, certain things that happened in my life and Mm -hmm. I no longer wear that trauma as my identity. I don't dismiss Mm it. Mm -hmm. I accept it. I acknowledge it. I've learned from it um, Mm -hmm. and I've had to make peace with it, but I'm no longer bonded to it. I'm no longer a slave to it. Whereas before it was becoming so ingrained with my current identity, I was bringing it to the present with me all the time and wondering why I felt so heavy. Mm. Whereas now it's like I can have a nod to it, but it, it, it's, it stays there and I've learned what I need to learn from it. Mm. But as it's, we're talking, that's five years, 2020. I even worked out. I used to, I went therapy for full on a year and a half every Monday the session was supposed to be an hour and I was never in that room less than an hour and a half to two hours. That's nearly 156 hours of therapy. Mm-hmm. Plus I then, that was to, I gave 2017, I came out of therapy and then in between that time I've done in and out and then I've done like another six months. So, you know, hundreds and hundreds of hours mm. of one-to-one therapy then not to mention once you've unpacked stuff, you've then got to bring that home and work through it. Mm. So I've invested so much time and effort and had so much grace with myself. Mm. Sometimes I come out of therapy like Beyonce and I'm like, whoa, and I'm just like, yeah. (laughs) Other times I come out and I'm like, I don't want to go back. I I don't want to do this. So it's, it's a a rollercoaster of emotions. Um, so that's where I am now. I think I'm in this maintenance phase where I'm, I'm now learning to put into practice everything I've learned over the years. And I've mm-hmm. arrived in this space where, uh, like I said, I'm no longer in bondage to the things that happened. and I'm a lot more aware. So when things happen, even to do with my son or if I get put in certain situations, I, I watch my reaction and I, I 
figure out, am I communicating from who I know I am in spirit? Or am I, is this learnt behaviour? Am I reacting um, out of my trauma? Am I responding as child yes? Or am I in my adult state right now? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think there's so many highs and lows to your journey when you are, you know, people say when you're awakening or when you, you know, you, your rebirth, all these things that people say, or like, you know, when you're ready to take that step forward, um, it's not easy. And I'd be lying if I sat here and was like, yeah, do these five steps and yeah. you're going to be free. <laughs> you, you have to show up for yourself every day. And some days you don't want to, some days showing up for yourself looks like solitude. Yeah. Sometimes showing up for yourself looks like staying off your phone and not speaking to anyone sometimes it looks like connecting with people you just have to flow with where you're at and every every layer that i've un uncovered um has just brought this great opportunity to know myself greater and even going back to um saint lucia last year that's where my dad's from mm -hmm. and you know i'm meeting family that i only saw for a screen and i lived with in my grandparents live here but I stayed with my grand, my dad, my aunt and my uncle and Cameron came with me. And just for those two weeks, I got to understand maybe what my dad's child look, look, childhood looked like. Right, the way yeah. they spoke to each other, the way they operated. And then I saw so much of why my dad was the way he is with me. Mm. And I had so much grace and so many questions that I'd made peace with that I may never have answered they got answered because I saw mm. it playing out in motion mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it just made me more aware of then how I conduct myself with Cameron mm -hmm. and what things that are positive that I want to bring into my relationship with Cam and other things that I think well actually that wasn't so helpful for me growing up so I'm not going to do that yeah but um yeah so I, I just think it's, in terms of that is that it's not easy and but there are moments though and we can't rob ourselves of those moments of peace and clarity mm -hmm. when you are on the journey and something makes sense or you make peace with something and you do feel like you feel like you're riding the you feel like you are the yeah. unicorn. <laughs> and I just I feel like we can't rob ourselves of that. Um those moments of clarity. That, you're right, that is like when you say you you said that you've kind of given the grace to um go through this whole process and, and part of that grace is mm -hmm. in those moments and being mm -hmm. like oh, no, that was a good thing that happened because of the work that i've done i deserve to feel happy about that yeah how um, would you go on <laughs> um everything that you've just said just makes so much sense but i'm wondering like how you go through that many hours of therapy and like you said sometimes you come out of therapy and you're on the top of the world and other days you don't want to go back to your life like how do you parent at the same time going through all of that changing like literally while dealing with your inner child and raising an actual child at the same time <laughs> yeah that that wasn't easy um it hasn't been easy I think one thing that kept me going sometimes was this is going to be worth it for Cam as well. Mm. Um, also utilizing my time. So when I get up at five thirty, most days, recently I've been getting up at six thirty, but I get up earlier than Cam to give myself time 
to anchor myself to read a book I get up so I pray I then kind of see what God what God's saying with me that like, are we journaling are we am I just praising what are we doing and then I will always read a chapter of a book and I might even listen to music I sit out on my balcony um and I have this kind of hour sometimes the earlier I get up the longer I get mm. and it's that time where I get to feed my soul my spirit mm. and I get to connect with spirit I get to anchor myself um but it is hard because you know there are times when you don't feel good but I've been really honest with Cameron I don't think um I think there has to be a balance. I don't think it's good if your kid just sees you on a high all the time. Mm. Because if you're on a high all the time and they're on a low, they're going to think that that low is there's something wrong with them. Yeah. Whereas, they don't want to equally, don't want, you don't want them to see you on the low all the time. So there has to be a balance. There's a balancing act here. And there's a, a, a you know, you have to work out what works for you and your child. Cameron mm. is very emotionally aware. Um, super, super, way beyond his years. Mm. Um, and, I've always had to just check my boundaries with him, what he can and can't handle. And, but I've always kept really quite honest. So sometimes I'll even say, listen, mummy, mummy don't feel too good today. You know, mm. I'm, I'm not 100. I'm feeling X, Y, Z. And I always say to him, you know, just in case I am a bit snappy, I say to him, you know, it's not nothing to do with you. I'm just, I'm, I'm feeling a bit. And, in that process then I've taught him how to communicate how you're feeling and he right. is able not all the time but he is able to, for someone who is eight years of age to be able to tell me how he's feeling mm-hmm. um the other day um he was going to be without me for a few hours and he said oh, I'm quite looking forward to being without you he said I think we could both do with the space <laughs> <laughs> what the hell that is so funny yeah and um the way he can emotionally make space for himself I believe comes from a place of me showing him it's okay Mm. not to be okay Mm. um again we I have to be careful what I project onto him I'm very aware of that and um yeah I think I think making it's it's weird because you could be crying and parents will know this you could be crying your eyes out and you know you have to be like, okay, right, what are we doing today? Mm. That's just how it is sometimes. You have yeah. to just get on. And then when they go to bed, that's when you can be like, yeah. and, and breathe. Yeah. That is because it isn't their fault if you're always, if, you, if something's going on. But, but kids are so sensitive and they're not stupid. They can mm. pick up on your energy. They can they pick up on your... And they can sometimes internalise it as, as them, as it's their fault that you're feeling like that. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and that's why I communicate, say, yeah. mummy feels like this. Or, and also then he, because then he can check himself. Mm. He knows that when he doesn't feel great, it, it's not a weird thing um, not to feel 100% all the time. I'm really um, excited for his generation because... Um, our generation is making the effort to do the work. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And we're raising yeah. kids that, like, hopefully are going to be more emotionally well um, mm-hmm. at an earlier age than we were afforded the opportunity to do. Um, yeah. I always say that healing is a privilege, and it's kind of like, I do, I do 
I stand firm in that, especially when I hear people like yourself talking about how it's impacting your child. Um, yeah. And it's just exciting. It's just exciting to know that the, the next generation are going to come up and just be the dopest, emotionally well, non-toxic human beings. Like, that's my projection. That's what I want. I want I'm here for that projection. <laughs> that's what I want I want to hear like uh, I want to hear like evolved conversations when I'm 60 years old from the 20 year olds I want to be like yes kids um but I feel like that is definitely down to the parents deciding that you know what we're gonna work on our own stuff because we know what it was like to be raised with parents that didn't even know that they had stuff that needed to be yeah me and my dad had this conversation the other day Mm. me and my dad we sat there and he said um um he we was talking and he was the same that he he only he did all that he knew you only do what you know you to what to do what you're taught right. yeah people do the best and, um, of what they have and it's funny because i talk about self-love and that was like way before someone messaged me the other day and was like that's when i remember coming to one of your workshops years ago about self-love and she said and then all of a sudden it was all about self-love like everywhere you saw self-love, yeah. self-love became a bit of a buzzword Mm. My dad, and I wish I had it to show you, but we're decorating, so I don't actually know where it would be. Mm. But my dad had a, um, I had a card thing with my dad's picture on it. And on the back, it says, love yourself, love daddy. Mm. My dad has, my dad told me, my dad was saying that to me. And I'm going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I even understood what he was saying. Mm. So there was always this thing of, and he used to always say, if you don't love yourself, um, who can love you like he's, he used to say these things to me all the time mm. and um, there's a lot to be said I don't think it's a coincidence that now I'm this kind of open vulnerable person or <laughs> shameless truth teller I say at my mm. church when I'm talking about social media and um, and he definitely planted a seed of mm. that I'm worthy of that love of self um, and using what you have doing what you can and that's what I believe he did do and I believe that like you said healing is a privilege and to be for me to have been exposed to certain tools and ways of doing things and yeah I had to go the hard way and I had to do a lot of research with stuff as well to help me on my journey but it's like I would rather do the work so then yeah like you said I can pass it on to Cam and be like xyz there's this available there's that available um so yeah yeah, that's how I deal with having a, a child. <laughs> where, would you say that, where would you say that your strength comes from? Uh, God. Mm-hmm. Um, I laugh when I say that um, because before I surrendered my need to control all of my life, um, before I used to think I had this mad... Like, I used to think, why was I so resilient to what Mm. I've been through like like I said I don't look or sound like what I've been through and I think even growing up as a child I could have had a madness at home going on the night before but if you saw me playing with a bunch of kids you would never know yeah I was just never that kid that you'd know something was going on um and I now I look back and I think that was definitely God because Mm. I was wise beyond my years and I don't say that in an egotistical way at all. I say that in a way of like, there was a time where my parents, I, they asked me about them breaking up and I actually said, you're both basically great people, but you you don't work together. 
yeah. now to understand that and emotionally make room for that at an age that my son was mm. when most kids want a fantasy of their parents being together but I understood on a deeper level that these two humans are not aligning yeah. and whatever they had is gone and it's ruining all our lives um but to know that it's like well I didn't read that in a book nobody told me that yeah it was just and, there yeah and it was there and that's where now I'm like now I'm you know I'm a woman of faith and I believe in the Holy Spirit I'm like spirit has actually been with me and God has been with me before I was even giving him all the praise mm. and that's deeply what I believe um and I also think that even when I don't feel strong even on my weakest days I still show up mm. and that's where I think my strength lies in I don't think great things have ever even come from me being in a good mood I feel like some of my best work has come from me feeling my weakest because when you are feeling your weakest and you're in a vulnerable place, it's almost like you tap into this different kind of awareness and compassion and empathy. And I feel so connected to people when I have been low mm. and I feel like I look at people different and I have more patience with people because I then remember when I weren't strong. Right. I then remember when I didn't feel good. And mm. so within my strength, within my weakness, that's when I found my strength. But mm. definitely now, God is my anchor and who I pin my hope to. Yeah, baby. So, I mean, you're just going to have to wait for one second. Please. Sam. Look, I've nearly got enough time. Okay? Thank you. I'm watching you. You can watch me. <laughs> he actually reminds me of my nephew. <laughs> They're both actually, he's eight as well. My nephew just turned um, eight in quarantine. I feel so sorry for the kids that have birthdays in quarantine. Like, oh. like, like, um, Cam is like, he's going to be nine on Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. You, like, you want to have all the friends around. So I'm so sorry. Quarantine says no. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, you kind of you kind of alluded to this question a little bit um, in your in your last answer. Mm -hmm. But how has how has faith supported your journey? So I suppose like you've spoken about 2015 a lot, um, and where you were at then. Um, but mm -hmm. at what point did did faith come into your faith as a Christian come into your your now um, the way how you are now and kind of like how has that supported you on your journey and can I all yeah um, <laughs> can I also add as well and the reason why I ask is because I I realized um that I haven't really interviewed people on, on the vulnerable podcast that have that have strong faith mm -hmm. and it's just something that I'd like to explore a little bit more for people that are people yeah. that are very spiritually aware on the podcast yeah. People that are um, that do have faith that listen to the podcast, but I've not really had a chance to explore it before. So, like, yeah, at what point did you start to identify as a Christian, and how did that um, support your journey? Okay, um, so I was saved in 2017, okay. and I gave my life to Christ, and then very enthusiastic young Christian baby Christian I'd say um but very naive to the fact that although I had gone through this transformation in my heart 
everything on the outside was the same. My life was the same. My friends were the same. Just because I had chosen Christ, nothing else changed. Right. But I wasn't prepared for that. So then I very easily got drawn back into my old way of living. And um, I speak about this in my testimony, actually, which I'm posting soon. But basically, something happened this summer of the, day, the year that I gave my life to Christ. Um, I got caught up in a situation and I shamed myself out of church. Um, nobody shamed me. I didn't need to. What does but that I had mean? This so kind of, you mean so I had church. I had this kind of warped vision that you had to be um, like more put together to be able to go to church. Like I thought, right. no, like I'm too, I'm too messed up for this stuff. Not realizing actually, no, church is definitely for the spiritually sick, and that's like we need to go. Like mm. I needed to go, and I should. And I know for a fact if I'd have seeked guidance or spoke to any of my leaders I know that they would have held I would have been held in a safe place but just my own insecurities I'm thinking I'll come back here when I'm ready when I've dealt with my, my messy stuff I'll come back here mm. um so I shamed myself out of church and 2017 kind of carried on reading my bible and stuff and in 2018 um I had I, again, in my testimony, I describe it as a bit of a nothing year. And what I mean by that is I had great business success with Pick Me Up. Things were going well, but everything felt surface level. And I just, I weren't low, but I just felt like, blah. Mm. And like I was just coasting. And mm -hmm. then um, beginning of 2019, I was out and... Um, and then I had that like, realisation. I had this great impression on me to go home and read my Bible. And that was the day, the beginning of this, this um, 2019, last year, that I was like, I'm going back to church and I, I'm going to step in and up and out into my faith. Mm. And the, I think it is because I had experienced, like, I didn't get raised in the church. So I've lived the life about Christ. Mm -hmm. Then I lived life with Christ for a short time, then went mm -hmm. back to this way of living. Mm -hmm. And I just wasn't the same. And when I went back to church last year, everything changed, even down to Cameron for his own reasons, which I won't go into um, his own emotional trauma, had stopped eating for a period of time and mm -hmm. coming back into church. Obviously he goes Sunday school as well. And as he grew in his faith, you know, he at a camp session that we went to with church, I didn't know this, in children's camp, he asked for prayer for his food. And actually at this same camp, he started eating food and came back and started eating a very diet. And mm -hmm. people like in his, so he goes to ninja school, people started to see the difference in him as a person. Mm -hmm. And he just... And I know it is because also I kind of, and I'm doing this and I don't know what that means, that flourishing, I don't know. Um, but it has changed my life, mm. surrendering and knowing that any time I get to, I can seek guidance from and I'm connected to the creator of the universe. And, you know, I was super spiritual before. And to me, Christianity is very spiritual. You know, we believe in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So that means that I get to tap into the Holy Spirit that lives within me. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just made me so much more aware of 
the world around me and the people and to have grace with people and to apply certain principles to my life mm. that have changed my life and oh sorry um my thing came up um but also I think I was living a life that we have a lot of people have grown accustomed to mm. although not fruitful but we just do because that's what we see on media. That's what we see other people doing, our peers doing. It just people, seems like the norm. Yeah, um, yeah people get used yeah. to their... People don't question their behaviours. You get you get into a routine and you just do... There's like, no... It's, it's very... I feel, I feel like I come across very few people that are into interrogating why they do what they do and, and whether it actually kind of brings them any type of joy and a lot of people are just the whole groundhog day thing so I think for you to kind of be like hold on I am not I don't feel 100% myself outside of church to take yourself to take yourself back there is in a way radical because it's like you, you've chosen yourself do you know what I mean it's so crazy that you say the word radical because somebody messaged me the other day saying you've been radically changed mm. that is that the word that they used mm. and um since last year I have seen old habits and things that I almost clung to yeah. to have faith in God and just be like I'm gonna let go I'm gonna let go I'm gonna let I'm gonna pull it down I'm gonna pull it down and there's just so much that and you know it's not down to my own I can't say it's all on my own merit you know God is just so gracious and so he's so ready to have relationship, to be in relationship with you and meet you where you are. And I think that's one of the differences between now, I think because I've gone away mm -hmm. and come back, the reason why I'm a bit unapologetic about my faith even more now is I feel so grateful mm. and I feel so honored. And in the year, what God has done in my life already, I'm like, wow, how can I, keep quiet about this stuff you know like people people's boyfriend will buy them a Cartier thing and they want to pull it on Insta yeah I'm like God gave me a word and this happened <laughs> I need to pull it on Insta or yeah this morning I was praying and I felt moved so let me share what I felt moved about and mm. see if I can help somebody that might not even be a message for me it might be for somebody else and that's how for me like faith has definitely played a part in my journey um and how now. about and how about your business how how what does pick me up look like now because pick me up was like you said little quotes to help pick people up and it's like now you have the added faith like surely like they go hand in hand quite neatly um yeah. how has your business developed with like the way how you see your business or where your business is going in the future um developed as a result of like your your, your now faith it's so funny because last year I even contemplated putting pick me up down. I didn't quite know what God wanted me to do with it. Like what, mm -hmm. where do I go? Because, um, I didn't know the narrative that how I should be writing anymore and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. so I had a break and I fasted and I felt like God was like, no, don't put this down. And, and mm -hmm. I've kept it universal. So pick me up's always been universal. It's never been faith based. Mm -hmm. It's always universal and ready to meet people where they're at mm -hmm. and I believe that that is how it needs to stay and then God put on my heart in that time a uh, faith space 
Mm-hmm. And so Pick Me Up is like my umbrella brand. And I now have another page on the blog called Faith Space. Mm-hmm. And that will be my little kind of cubby hole where I get to talk about my faith, my journey, my spiritual journey. Um, and while still honoring the, the fact that Pick Me Up is universal. And mm-hmm. it's beautiful because maybe people that I would never have reached if it was just a Christian page to begin with, they might click through on Faith Space and be like, oh, what's this? Or do you know what I mean? So it's like, I never want to close that door because depression, anxiety, it doesn't discriminate. Grief, pain, trauma, it doesn't discriminate. Um, so I believe that's why Pick Me Up will always be universal. It will always be an open space for everyone and anyone ready to meet them where they're at. And mm. I I almost think it's a representation of me in a, a brand form that I just yeah. love. What we, haven't really, said, what I, we haven't said about Pick Me Up, or what I really like about it is that you said that um, you write all the quotes, but it's not that like you type them out, like you handwrite them. So it's kind of like it's your handwriting on, 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 on quotes on Instagram, and then you also sell calendars and stuff. And like, people get yeah. your print. And, and, and the print is very, um, it's very recognisable. So when you say it is you, no, it definitely is you. That's literally your hand yeah. writing in people's houses. <laughs> you know I mean? No, I know. And even that, like doing the, because I did the calendar, the universal one. I mean, I did a faith, faith-based calendar. Mm-hmm. And it felt so right to do that. It felt so right to introduce this uh, new aspect of Pick Me Up as well. Um, and yeah I just I'm really excited to maybe see where God takes it all Mm -hmm. and see where it flows with with faith space as well Mm. um I just have a heart for people and especially with what Jesus has done in my heart I'm like life could have been okay without Jesus I would have been all right probably would have still had great business success but I've lived life about Christ and I've lived life with him, then gone without him and I've come straight back and I know which one I would choose. Even if at the end of it all, someone said to me, what would you do if you got to heaven and there was no heaven and you just died? I was like, well, firstly, if I just died, I'd just die. I'm yeah. like, I won't know. I was like, but I've lived life about him and whether we did get there and there was nothing, I would choose the life that I'm living over and over because I've lived without and I've lived with and I know what for me has but been more is, fruitful for me like you're saying that and all I can hear is um he- heaven is on earth do you know what I mean and people kind of talk about this I've heard this conversation so many times about what happens if you die and there's nothing it's like no but if you get to live heaven on earth then you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're living a better life then um I've seen people I'm very empathetic I'm very kind of like I'm just one of those people that can look at someone and be like whoa like there's a lot of pain over there type thing and um, call me a weirdo if you yeah. want but I remember like being in um, Piccadilly Circus and just seeing a man walking down he, he had some type of mental health issues mental health issues he had no shoes on and I've never seen someone living hell in front of me like he's like he just looked like he was just wow. he just looked like he just wasn't here and mm. like I said he had mental health issues but outside of that I was like if if you could kind of like package and demonstrate what hell could look like on earth that would be the image that I saw in my mind do you know what I mean um, and just obviously we know that Piccadilly Circus is one of the most busiest places 
ever and he's walking yeah. in the road um against uh, the traffic you know what I mean so wow. I'm just like it was just like for me it was a stop moment and I was just like however hard your life is like you're not living such a hard um your mind is in a in a healthier space and you get to kind of like exist in heaven on earth because of the choice yeah. Um, um, it reminds me of when, he, when they say, thy kingdom come, like, yeah. thy kingdom come. And it's funny you say that because on my, my wrist when I was 18, my first ever tattoo, it says, live as though heaven's on earth. Mm. Um, and just to think I got that when I was 18, um, live as though heaven's on earth. Mm-hmm. And now I kind of just feel as though the heart that Christ has for people is a heart I can only begin to try and model on, you know, is yeah. Christ spoke to everybody. And that's why like when people are like, oh, Christians are so judgmental and stuff like that. And I'm like, mm, maybe, you know, I'm going to apologize for people that have made you feel like that, that have made you feel judged because that's not the Christ I know. And um, yeah, I... There's a difference between yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm there's a difference between I'm not a Christian. I was raised I have a, a difference to my story is I was raised in it and I saw all of the bad things you can possibly imagine and have made a decision yeah. that that's not where I'm I don't feel safe in that space. So for but but I have an understanding mm-hmm. as an adult who is like, you know, address my stuff that um the judgmental people in Christianity, they are, they are people, like, and, and, and God isn't that person. So do you know what I mean? That there needs to, the, yeah. the, my, a part of my healing came with understanding that the two were separate and that the community for me yeah. was the safest community, but my direct relationship with God was the safest thing I could ever imagine. So like people, yeah. I think, I think it's like, it's just one of those things where um, people like you said at the very very beginning of the podcast you were talking about like not letting your pain hold you back and your trauma hold you back and that being able like ask the things that we tell ourselves we make choices about how much that's going to hold us back and if you don't want to um access faith for whatever reason and one of the reasons being people that are judgmental then have your reason do you know what i mean yeah. that's yeah. Reason, no reason um i don't feel like for me it's no longer a reason for me it's not it's not mm-hmm. a truth for me do you have any tips for self-care for those who have similar um trauma like past experiences to you um yeah so i to to take um oh wait first disclaimer i'm just a flawed human being like everyone else and what works (laughs) for me might not work for you so don't take everything i say for gospel (laughs) um i'm just sharing my truth um but I would say one thing was to take a holistic approach. Mm. Now, when we think of holistic, I think we can think hippie vibes and stuff like that. And that's not it. Holistic means whole. It mm-hmm. means to take something in its whole entirety. So for me, that looks like taking my mind, my body and my spirit. So mm-hmm. I couldn't heal one of these without sorting them all out. Yeah. Um, and also that healing takes time. Mm. And you can't bracket it and you can't almost tally chart yourself of how well you're doing. Like it's not a, it's not a race. It's not a, um, a self-assessment test where you've got to pass. It is a complete surrendering mm. and what comes up. Um, 
I've had to be very careful with the narratives that I indulge in. Mm. And I mean that even just how I respond impulsively to something, I have to de-check myself and be like, wait, wait, wait. Do I really believe that? Or is this what I've heard as a child? Or is this, have I heard, is this someone else's narrative playing out? Is this what I believe? Um, I also think being open to different methods, mm. being open to different things. Like I spoke about therapy and um, I'll be honest, this might not work for everyone, but I had to get quite aggressive with myself when it came to my healing. Mm. Um, I think for me, if I sat too much in the space of kind of self-soothing all the time, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah it's poor you, it mm. just wouldn't have been productive for me. Whereas I was like, right, we're doing this. Mm. you are not living in bondage no more like I have to tell even now I say to myself you have a choice like I, I I'm aggressive with myself mm. which probably shocks people because I know on that I'm quite soft and I'm like hi guys how are you um and that is so me and I do give myself grace but I have become quite aggressive and mm. very militant with now the peace that I have built and the time and effort I've put my, in myself mm not everyone just gets to be invited into the table wow. anymore. Like I used to be very come, come. But what that did was put me in a vulnerable place with people because they thought I was going to be able to give them something that I couldn't. Mm. And so I've had to be quite aggressive about that. So when you're healing and you're doing your self care and you're coming from a space of trauma, um, whilst you're doing the work, you have to honor that you've done the work. Mm. and sometimes be unapologetic about who you let into your space mm. also being compassionate and understanding that they could be operating they operate not could be they are they're operating from their narrative and what they've grown up around mm. um and sometimes some people are going to be around you they're doing the work too and they can communicate you know what i was wrong for that or i was wrong for that or or some people are just not there yet and you kind of have to maybe step back or just that kind of flow also I think there's like big self-care and little self-care and what I mean by that not big and little but more you've got the big stuff that's the heavy stuff mm. and um taking a holistic approach and all of that and then you've got the small things which I think falls under maintenance whilst you're going through this stuff and that might look like turning off your phone these are your everyday habits that are going to contribute to the big stuff that you're doing these are going to be the things that um, support you in your growth. Mm -hmm. That you're so almost like your environment. Um, and I would also say like your daily, like your daily things. They they make up your life. So if you know, like for me, as I'm 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 28 now, um, I can't just go and drink alcohol willy nilly. Not because I get drunk, what I do, but <laughs> aside from that, it is a depressant for me. Right. I, I, I feel really bad after mm. so I have to think do I just want this one night of fun but know that it might take me a week it might throw me off um so to also get really honest about what you can and can't handle and just to know that when you are healing and you're changing your wants your needs your desires are going to change too mm. and if you don't honor that you have you can backslide 
or go back into that space. So I now know things that I cannot indulge in, no matter how great. Not everything that you like doing is good for you and not everything just because you should do it, that you can do it, should you do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And just to have grace with yourself, if you, like for me, I was nearly four years self-harm free, no, nearly three, nearly four years, and then I relapsed. Mm. And I could have just thought, forget it, done, done. But I didn't. Mm. It was one time I got back up and I was like, boom, we're back on the horse yards. Um, also, another thing, one big thing, some, and I've done it, when I was on my self-care journey, I was on a bit of a high horse, like, oh, I've got to protect my energy and yeah. I'm just this new person and it's a bit like, all right, chill out. Like, <laughs> and, I get, and it's so hard because you do, you just, and you feel so good. You just want to be like, yeah. But actually communication is key for those around you. Um, and I learned this massively last year. Um, not everyone's going to, even people that love you and want the best for you are not going to be so psyched up about this progress and it doesn't mean it comes from a horrible place it means they've grown accustomed to a version of you and if that version is changing you're rocking their foundation as well because they may be used to coming to you with certain things i know for me i was the fun drunk friend as well yeah what works 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 but that's me now i'll still do a little twerk, 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 mm-hmm. but i'm not the same yasmin anymore and that's something my my closest friends have had to grown accustomed to that I have shifted and changed. So Mm -hmm. I guess also understanding that whilst it's not other people's responsibility to, uh, you know, it's not, you want to be supported by your friends at the Mm -hmm. same time you've decided to go on this journey. So communication is key and can save a lot of heartache and a lot of friendship breakups because if you just change and you're entitled to change, you're entitled to grow, it's your life. Mm. But, we mustn't then feel entitled that everyone must jump on board. You know, to even just to say, guys, I'm going through this and right now I'm not going to be doing this at the moment. Because otherwise what people do is if you change, they internalise that they've done something. Yeah, so the um, community is important, yeah. I completely get that. I yeah, think, that's all. I think your journey is incredible. Um, and just kind of like hearing your story from the beginning into kind of like how how God has been so instrumental at bringing you full circle. Like that's what is really, really clear to me. The fact that you kind of started out have with an inner knowing of like what didn't feel good to you. And it may have taken you 28 years, which isn't actually that long of a time, to be honest. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm 33. So I feel like as soon as you hit 25, everything's like, Oh my God, like I'm old now. But it's like, no, like it's, in the scheme of the life that the, the length of life that you can live it's really really short and it actually means that you've you've got to your awakening way earlier than so many other people um not that it's a competition at all but it's just a case of kind of like well when I'm listening to your story it's just becoming really really clear to me about how important it is to be aware of how you feel um have the courage to make changes when you need to because it can help you establish like you can use your your traumas as gifts for the world but you can only do that if you're if you're present 
with what you're experiencing and, and mm. courageous enough to acknowledge what you're feeling and then make the changes do you know what I mean um and your your story is a full circle of that it's kind of like everything is pointing you can back. I just add one thing about- yeah sure no I was going to add about purpose um mm-hmm. When I think of purpose, and um, I know there's a lot of pressure for people to find their purpose. And I had this kind of moment where I was like, my purpose actually, I'm fulfilling my purpose and I'm fulfilling the promise over my life by existing. Mm. Like, you had to win a race to get here. We were all little sperm that had to win that race, right? Yeah. Um, and I found just showing up in my life just showing up as a daughter, as a friend, um, before I then put my identity in titles and things like that, which we so often do, I had this truth where I was like, I'm fulfilling my purpose by existing and by flowing with life. I then got to learn what parts of me can show up and be a gift. So I don't even look at goals anymore. When I set my goals up, I put goals and in brackets, I put my gifts to the world because No matter what it is that you're doing, it's going to in some way be of a service to somebody. And Mm. I just think it's really important that anybody that listens to this, because I think we are, we're so as amazing as I love social media. I love it. We are so over um, indated and saturated with other people's lives and it all looks so great. Mm. And um, we can start to think, why don't I know my purpose? Why don't I know my purpose? And then when I started to ease into this truth of, well, I'm, I'm existing. That was the promise that I, I gave my parents when I came out, that I'm going to be here. I'm your daughter, basically. Or I'm yeah. your child. Or whoever looks after you, I'm this person. And then I started to just show up in the roles that I, maybe trying to be a better cousin, maybe trying to be a better listener. And then within that, and like you said, birthing through my, or my trauma has allowed me to now have this brand. And I work with young people myself and I do mentoring. And it's like, I'm, I'm just trying to be what I needed when I was younger. Mm. But I just wanted to bring a bit of like, uh, maybe just a bit of a different way of looking at purpose for people mm-hmm. that they just need to show up in the capacity that they can where they are. And I can't explain it in words, but things start happening. You yeah. start meeting people. You start, you know what you feel good doing. Um, and yeah I just yeah I pray that anyone that feels stuck right now that they just know that this is not the end for them and Mm. just to surrender into life a bit and create a routine if you don't feel like you've got a purpose create your your purpose create your routine flow Mm. find out things that you like find out and trial and error I've Mm. done so many different things I'm I'm a beauty therapist by trade I'm finishing off my personal training I'm studying at uni Mm. I'm like oh I like that don't like that oh don't want to do that oh like that don't like (laughs) life you only got one shot you know like you might as well see what you like um so yeah sorry I'll let you finish sorry no thank you so much Yasmin like I've taken so much from what you said and I'm, I'm gonna really enjoy listening back and editing this episode um, and taking in all of the wisdom there's so much to share and I know that your followers um will be like grateful to get this insight into you I think it's going to be really really um powerful for so many people um wow. thank you so much can you let people know where they can find you on social media yeah um so the brand is pick me up inc uk mm-hmm. and that's on instagram and then I think mine is underscore Yasmin Elizabeth I had to think about that um mm-hmm. But honestly, thank you for having me. Thank you for 
holding this space with me and um yeah I've enjoyed it I've enjoyed flowing so thank you I think what you're doing is amazing so yeah thank you so much you're welcome if you like this show and the content I'm creating, please subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you listen on. We're on all major platforms including Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and SoundCloud. I'd be super grateful if you not only leave us a five-star rating, but share these episodes with your friends and family so we can keep the conversation about vulnerability going. Please let me know of your favourite part of the show or your key takeaway by messaging me on Instagram at Alyssa Rochelle using the hashtag TheVulnerablePodcast. You can also find us on YouTube and get involved in the conversation over there. I cannot wait to read all of your comments. It will help me to create the content that you want to see and hear in the future. Thanks, guys.